So um, I'll take you to the front, and then we'll just kind of go with that flow. That's great. And should I um, should I stop recording while we're going out there, or can I just keep it on while we're moving? Let me ask Andrew to see get his point of view. Sure. So I think you're fine. Okay. Yeah. So Andrew I knows that kind of stuff. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Just try to go through and be as. This isn't too over the top, is it? It's fine. Hi again. It's Nathan. So. What's happening in the tape there is I'm in the offices above the St. Francis Day Center at 23rd and Curtis. Myra mentioned it in the last episode. It's the place where she would go when she was living on the streets. And it was the place that got her connected with the services that eventually got her back into housing. We wanted to get a feel for the place. So I cold emailed them and told them about Elevated Denver and... After a couple of conversations, they agreed to let me come in with a microphone. Think about the way the world is and the way that the world could be. All of our systems are interrelated and interdependent. Multiple pathways for a common purpose. We're looking at a human being and there's a life story. 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 Hey, this is what's going on. And Elevated Denver starts now. My name is Graydon Charlesworth. I'm a 22-year veteran at St. Francis Center. I've worked as a staff coordinator. I currently work as a street outreach person. It's sort of like an outside caseworker where I go into the field and help connect community members to servicers. When you come into the St. Francis Center, first place you come to is the intake office. Intake kind of gets the stage set for what you can find here at St. Francis Center, some of the services. And then we just kind of directed to the greeter station where we check people in to see if they're in the system that St. Francis uses. We want to make sure that people are getting the services they need. There might be notes like you have housing, check in with grading, or we've got a job opportunity. And so it's a great way to connect. Part of what the greeters do is they drive the energy. They keep it pretty consistent. We have a lot of consistency here because in the world at large, there's one rule, and that's survival. Here at St. Francis Center, there's quite a few rules, but they're all based on humanizing people. The rule is to allow civility and that human connection, and I think that's what we all want to have is that human connection. So once a person comes in, one of the first things you see is the great room, and there's probably 150 people here, people kind of minding their own business or attending to whatever, or in a social situation. It's about 5,000 square feet. Prior to COVID, you'd see chairs with tables, and people would be sitting at the tables eating or chatting. It really very much reminded me of my high school cafeteria. You know, various bits of artwork on the wall that are done by community members. There's notices. We have lists of what services are available, sort of like you'd see a menu at a coffee shop. So I can take you to the mail and storage this is one way we help folks stay connected with their lives. So mail has a service where we help with 
whatever kinds of mail people have coming in. And we hold important documents like picture IDs, which are critical. We also have government checks sometimes coming in. We have identifying documents like birth certificates, DD-214s, we have a number of veterans. We have a charging station for phones, which is critical because phones are how people stay connected. They can get services like on iron, toiletries, nail clippers even. We have a message board, so we take phone messages, a lot of phone messages. The storage room is pretty much a basic room that might be 60 feet in length, maybe 20 feet wide, and it has racks of bags, 550 bags here. So 550 people's lives are kind of stored right here. And they have 30 days in which to maintain their storage and that's updatable. You can update your storage indefinitely. And the example is I've known a guy for years, he'd always have crushed cans and duffel bags and he'd be pulling it with a dolly and it'd be heavy. You know, one day he said, great in, I'm out. I saved enough, I got 16 grand from all this and now I've got a place. And so these humble stories are just so amazing and affirming to the strength of human character. We're kind of negotiating our way to what we call Office 6. It's where we have caseworkers who work with various identifying documents, ways of connecting people to outreach workers like myself who can further someone's housing quest or employment quest. Office 6 makes those connections to the various other service providers in the community. And then wellness is also in this area and wellness uh, helps people with emotional help or mental health help or it could be a physical issue. There's a lot of feet issues and I always say a journey of a thousand miles begins with your feet. Our mission starts with restoring hygiene. We'll have the showers which is really top-notch. We've updated that. Every stall is private. We clean them every day. It's an attendant shower, so we have an attendant that could help with toiletries or whatever. Over the years, I've seen people come in, they go to the showers, they get a change of clothes, and I don't even recognize them. Like, who, who is this? We also serve coffee in the morning. I think everyone likes to have coffee. All right, you are serious. So the clothing room, is a place where folks can get a change of clothing. It's not junk. You know, we have volunteers that go through our donations to make sure that what we're putting out in the clothing room is high quality. And the idea behind the clothing room is to empower people. We have people help clean up, whether it's in the showers, empty trash, mop the floors. Those are all chores that people do willingly and they give a voucher that has a list of the clothing and the items and it's checked off by one of the staff members. And so a person can get a full change of clothing, a backpack and whatever they need. So it's a relationship that's empowering for them and it keeps St. Francis Center going. Susan's been a long time paid staff member and now she's a volunteer. So 
she's been with the organization for 30 years. So that's the, <laughs> that shows you the dedication. You know, um, this place has dedicated people, and Susan would be on the Mount Rushmore of dedicated people, Stop. for sure. <laughs> uh, what kind of uh, things do people usually need in this room? Socks, underwear, T-shirts, jeans. Love the jeans. We've got shoes and blankets and miscellaneous. We, we, we had a belly dancing belt one day with all the jingles on it. And it went quick. <laughs> so that pretty much takes you through the, the building itself. Oops, sorry, Connor. The St. Francis Alley, as I call it, isn't the scariest alley in Denver, but it's not the most welcoming-looking environment either. Hey, Zenefin. What's up? Good. How you doing? I'm two steps away from uh, starting my new career. Awesome. I'm, awesome. I'm working on cars next. That's a that's good yeah. money right there. Yeah. So that's where my next go. All the best to you on that. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? It's good to see you, Monica. Good to see you. Thank you. See ya. So this is definitely uh, downtown, part of the city. Plenty of action and activity going on. I, I feel like Mr. Rogers in a way because I walk through the neighborhood and I talk to folks I've known for 20 years. It's just a wonderful feeling. I, I love being able to walk down the street and say hi to people, you know, like neighbors do. And so what if someone's struggling with homelessness? They're not struggling with their humanity. We're at Arapahoe and Broadway, right at Triangle Park. You have the confluence of the Rescue Mission, Samaritan House, and the St. Francis Center Outreach Team. It's sort of like, you know, there's a silver triangle, the golden triangle. I don't know what this triangle would be called, but it's a special triangle. From here, Graydon took me to his office in a building nearby, and our conversation got personal. If you're wondering why one of our neighbors would dedicate 22 years of his life to this work, the humbling answer is coming up. We'll be right back. A frequent question we get about this podcast is, who funded it? Well, uh, we did. Which is to say that this is an independent production that was a labor of love. But our plan is to use this space to highlight some of the great work that sponsor organizations are doing to cultivate an elevated Denver. And if you're listening to this piece of audio, it means that there's room for us to share your story right here. We'll work with you to write a one to two minute story about the good work that you're doing and how it came to be. And then I'll read it and we'll play it right here so that more people can learn about your commitment to this community. That's good for you, and it's good for us because your sponsorship will help this work and help us get it out to more people. If you want the details, just go to the contact page at www.elevateddenver.co and fill out the form, and we'll be in touch. Now, back to the show. Graydon's office is in a building just off the Triangle Park between Lawrence, Park Avenue, and Broadway an area that's kind of a hub for services for people who are unhoused, and therefore a sort of epicenter for homelessness in our city. It's a part of town that a lot of folks in Denver are at least a little afraid of, 
But as you heard, our neighbor Graydon is home here. So I have my bicycles in here. I'm a year-round, lifelong bicycle commuter. So I have two bikes. I have my outreach bike, and I call that bike reaching. When I'm out on my bike, I don't have to worry about parking. I can bring 30 bottles of water when it's hot. I, I load it up on the back rack because I ride year-round all the time. I ride 4,000 a year, and I find that I get to get into you know nooks and crannies of the city quite easily on a bicycle. I also have my Porsche bicycle. It's an electric bike. My first time, you know, having an electric bike, but I'm 60 years old. And so I feel like I've got the excuse to have a motor. We distribute sandwiches, church-made sandwiches. But the Grubhub thing fits on my bike and uh, I can deliver 16 lunches and I can come back and get 16 more. There was a, a little old lady who was a grub hubber, and I thought I could use that, so I pushed her down and stole her bag. No, I didn't do that. Um, it was a, a donation. <laughs> I have dark humor. That's part of the job description, at least for me. But we distribute sandwiches. You know, very generous, kind people make these sandwiches, sack lunches, but it could be ham. It could be tuna. And so I want to have sort of a, a refrigerated environment for that stuff. It's really my responsibility if I'm going to distribute this stuff to make sure it's safe and, and wholesome because the people who made it are safe and wholesome. That's their mindset. So the, the Grubhub thing fits on my bike. We're looking to connect people with IDs, like including birth certificates, social security cards, Colorado IDs, we look to make sure that they have family connections. We look to make sure that their, their employment is going okay. What about medical? And we have a mobile team and Nurse Audrey, I think she should be wearing a cape. She doesn't, but she's a superhero. She's saved numerous people's lives. As outreach workers, we're not trying to save the world. We're not trying to save any one individual. We're just trying to do a bit of good, you know, and solve some problems. We connect caseworkers who are in offices with community members who are way out in the field. We're kind of like homeless rangers. That's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the community members said that, hey, here comes the homeless rangers. So I went to Metro State University. I just graduated, I was burned out from work. I was burned out from school. The day of the graduation, I was at campus, I was walking around like I normally do, I walk around downtown. I just took Curtis, ended up at the St. Francis Center. I kind of went into the place and there were people who greeted me. <laughs> and that is the beginning of the story. Someone greeted me and it's been a relationship ever since. I kind of choke up. You know, someone greeted me and, and it's, that's made all the difference. I said, I want to volunteer here. And they're like, of course, we'll take you. So I was a volunteer for three years and I was a freelance handyman putting things together, you know, piecing things together in my life. And so I got hired because there was an opening and they also knew that I could do this handyman work. I'm surprised I'm still here. My mom died when I was nine. My dad died when I was 18. I was out on my own. 
Plus there was a divorce from a second marriage. It was really traumatic and, and some alcoholism and some scary stuff as a youngster and a lot of serious bullies from junior high to high school. You know, I feel like I established rules at St. Francis Center because of the bully. You know, the little guy, the little person, the diminutive person doesn't always speak up. And aggressive, outgoing people, they do. So my job is to make sure that the little guy gets hurt too. A poignant moment for me was when I was doing outreach and the cold front was coming last winter and I'd been working with this lady at Union Station. She's elderly. So I'd make my way to visit her at Union Station, make sure she had long underwear and all the warm things. I was trying to get her services and uh, I was not successful. And finally I was able to get Nurse Audrey involved. Just before the storm hit, Nurse Audrey was able to come in and get this lady into Protective Action Motel because of her health. She had cancer, she had other things going, and she was in a desperate way. And she called me back a week later and said, Graydon, I was gonna kill myself that night if I hadn't had an option. And I you know, put down the phone thinking, geez, I feel like, hey, I did something right. And that's what I find on a pretty regular basis, the strength of humanity and, and grace. You know, you can't underestimate human grace. That's the thing that I find every day at work with my coworkers, with the community members, the service providers. There's a lot of grace. And that makes the world go round. People say, great, and how can you work at the St. Francis Center? Isn't it depressing? And I'm saying, no, it's life affirming. Done it for 22 years. I see how people are meant to act in community. I'm learning every day how to be a better person because folks are showing me. I don't go in thinking I'm affirming someone's humanity because it's usually someone's affirming my humanity. That's a fact. We're looking at a human being, we're looking at someone's life and there's a life story there. There's a reason why someone becomes homeless. There's a story to that person. And every story is a human being. In addition to agreeing to the tour and the interview, Graydon and his colleagues at the St. Francis Center also agreed to ask around the center to see if anyone who was currently unhoused would be willing to talk with us. In the next episode, you'll meet two more of our neighbors, people currently living on the street who have the courage to talk to a stranger with a microphone. Never saw it coming. <laughs> That's another thing, I never saw it coming. I never thought that I would be on this side of the fence. I've been on the other side of the fence where I've been with churches, going out there feeding homeless, you know, speaking, preaching, and all that stuff. Never thought that I would be on the other side to receive it. And when it happened, I was shocked. Join us for episode four. Thank you to Nathan Church, our editor, sound designer, and barista. Production was provided by Havy Pro Cinema. 
Elevated Denver is produced and critiqued by Tony Minardi. Strategy, planning, and social distancing are provided by Jonna Flood. The all local music you heard in this episode is thanks to our music supervisor, Zach Warkenton, and features Ono Khan and Sarah Slayton. Thank you also to China Califf, who helped to develop the idea for this production. I'm your director and host, Nathan Havey. If you want to go deeper, you'll find background and extras at elevateddenver.co, like Colorado. And while you're there, jump on the email list so we can be in touch and hopefully get your help too. It's going to take all of us to build an elevated Denver. With you.